Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. Hey, we are uh, really appreciative of all the new listeners that we're getting on the show. It is awesome to see, so we continue to thank you for your support. Uh, If you haven't yet, give us a review on iTunes. You can just tap the uh, uh i think it's down near the bottom you got to go to you got to go back to like the home page of our of our show on itunes and then you can actually go down give us five stars and write a little review that would be very very helpful um would we we were in the lineup for the plutus awards which i still don't really know what that is but we were uh, a finalist we were a finalist for best new podcast nope. or no what were we a finalist for entertaining best- Entertaining. Oh, must be the bro talk. I won it. There you go. Oh, that was crickets. Boy, that was a, that was a shot right. across the bow to the people who don't like the pro talk. Huh? Well, come on. They're in the minority. I mean, I took a poll. It was an informal poll. We mentioned it on the show, and all of a sudden I get tons of emails and comments and texts like, we love the bro talk. Want to know more? Have more bro talk. Bro? What's, what's Daniel drinking today? Blah, 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 blah. Cool. They didn't really say blah, 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 blah. I doubt it. Hey, we're going to bring Logan in here at some point. Logan is new in our office, Jewel Financial. Uh, he's he's sitting over in the corner right now. Yeah, I know. But they can't see him or hear him. I know, because he's behind the camera. So even if they did YouTube, they couldn't see he's him. He's right there behind the camera. Uh, he started with us as an advisor a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, I will always add more time on to your tenure, Dan, uh, Logan. So I know you've only been here for a week and a half, but feels like 10. 10 weeks. Sure. Daniel just celebrated a birthday. How old are you now? 37? You know. Don't give me that. I don't know. You're you kind of like 75. Come on. You're like, ah, 37. Yeah. 30. How do you feel? 37. Like 36 plus a week. You look good. What'd you do to celebrate your birthday? Anything fun? Nope. Nothing at all? No. Nope. Hung out. I had a 2020 birthday. Yeah. Just hung out at home. Oh. Social distanced. Happy birthday, Daniel. Cheers. Cheers to you. 37 years old. That's fantastic. Uh, All right. Let's get right into it. We've got a question from who today? I know they're from Kentucky, but what's the name? This one's from David. David. David in Kentucky. Mm What did you call him? Fellow Kentuckian. Seriously? It's not a Kentuckian? Is it? I don't think it's a Kentuckian. I'm not a native. It's not a Kentuckian. I mess up most of the things. (laughs) It's not like Kentuckian fried chicken? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right, David. I don't know. I'm from Chicago. Chicago in. All right. Let's hear from our fellow Kentuckian, David. What do you got? D-I-Y. Hello, this is David in Kentucky. And I have a question pertaining to expense ratios and mutual funds compared to the rate of returns of different funds. Uh, currently, I can invest in a Roth 401k, and I have several options between Vanguard, Fidelity, when looking at the expense ratio, how do you determine that the higher expense ratio justifies going that route compared to a lower uh, expense ratio uh, when you consider the rate of return of different funds? What, what's the best way of finding the balance between a rate of return and the expense ratio between funds of uh, similar categories? 
All right, great question. That is packed with goodness that we can expound upon from our wisdom. Let's start with you. <laughs> Go, Daniel. Sure. Uh, so expense ratios, that's uh, for those tuning in at home, which you're all probably tuning in from somewhere, mostly at home. Uh, expense ratios are what you pay for the uh, company slash managers who operate the fund. Uh, so you'll see that as a hopefully zero point something percent uh, net expense ratio. Net expense ratio is after any discounts and so forth on the fund. So uh, you might see that that's greater than 1%. Uh, if that is the case, if you're paying greater than 1% on a mutual fund uh, that you own, the question that you probably need to ask is why are you paying more than 1% on that, et cetera, because there are generally options available under 1%. Uh, so you should have a good reason for paying more than that. So expense ratios versus returns and analyzing funds. Uh, what I want you to do when you want to sort of compare two funds is go somewhere like Morningstar. Uh, Morningstar.com is a great option. Or if you have a broker, they probably have a research tab or uh, it's research at Schwab. I don't know what it would be at Fidelity, but it's something along the lines of research. And, and then there's mutual funds and stocks and so, so forth. You go to the mutual fund tab under research or uh, the like, and you sort of look at their fund offerings. And even if you're at Fidelity, they probably offer Fidelity funds plus other funds. If you're at Schwab, they have Schwab funds plus other funds. Vanguard, I don't know if you can buy other uh, funds on Vanguard's platform. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't have a direct access Vanguard account, so I'm not sure uh, if you can buy other funds there. But generally speaking, you, you have sort of a menu of funds in most brokers and places that you, you go to. So to assess kind of a, a fund's performance, what you need to do is sort of scroll down or click over to the tab where they have performance and they're going to have you know one year performance three five and ten year performance there and the numbers the percentages that you see under there are annualized returns so that's uh what you would get year after year on kind of a for lack of better description average basis uh so let's take the 10 year for instance let's say that you look under the 10 year column and it says eight percent that means that over the last 10 years, uh, from the as-of date on that table, you average effectively that 8% year over year over year. You didn't actually get 8% every year, but the ups and downs generally smoothed it out, calculated to about 8% annualized over 10 years. It's really hard to try to explain this via podcast and not have a whiteboard. I have one question right off the top. Go ahead. Many managed mutual funds uh, have distributions. This is something I have not thought about until just this question. Do the capital gains distributions factor into the performance or do they not? So mutual fund performance is a dividend reinvested performance on most platforms that I'm aware of. So when you look at it, say on Morningstar, it considers dividends and distributions reinvested, correct? So it, Different if, from an ETF. Right. So if it kicks out a big distribution and then reinvests that, that is part of the performance. But what most people don't realize is this is not apropos to the question that has been posed. Uh, but if you own that in a taxable account, you have just been taxed on that distribution, even though it's, quote, phantom income. This is mm -hmm. a big deal. This is a big deal. Another one of those marks against a managed mutual fund versus a passive mutual fund. Yep. And Morningstar, actually, uh, I'm pretty certain they break down the actual uh, the, um, return, uh, the performance and then the after-tax performance, but they use a pretty high tax uh, bracket assumption in there and so forth. 
Uh, so that, that's kind of the where you look at the returns. Now, you talked about comparing similar funds. And what I would caution you is to look at the benchmark that each of those funds is utilizing and make sure that the benchmark is, in fact, similar. Because you can have uh, similar funds. You can have you know two index funds that are tracking completely different indices. Uh, you can have, you know, a total market fund versus a, you know, S&P 500 or, you know, Dow Jones uh, index fund or, or so forth. And so definitely make sure that there are similar funds, even if they're, say, target date funds, uh, they could be fairly different in their composition and so forth. So, so how do you, let's say you have two uh, large cap growth funds, and they are both tracking effectively the same large cap growth benchmark. The oh, I'm going to make up a benchmark. The Dow Jones, you know, large cap growth, or the S and P, you know, uh, large cap growth index. Whatever that benchmark is, um, they're tracking effectively the same benchmark. Well, then when you go over the performance tab, you can see kind of you know apples to apples how they have compared um, over those different time spans, and if the one that you're paying more on consistently outperforms the one that you're paying less on. In general, if you are just investing in an index fund, so that say buys the S and P 500, and then you know just invests in that, generally speaking, the lower fee, the better, because you're you're investing in the same index. Points. All right, jump in here jump real in. quick and simplify this. You, I think you're doing an amazing job, but I'm going to just cut to the chase. I would like pictures. It's very difficult. We should do a we should do a zoom on this. Um, here's the deal. This is my opinion. This is what I've come to the conclusion of after 20 plus years. If you pay for investment management, you better be getting something else for that. Okay. Let me say that again. If you are paying a fee over and above a, let's say an index fee, let's, let's give a baseline index fee of 10 to 15 basis points. Now to understand basis points, you have to understand that a hundred basis points is equal to 1%. So when I say 15 basis points, that is 15 uh, tenths of 1%. Is that right? Am I saying that correctly? Hundredth. 15 one hundredths. So if you have a dollar, if you're paying a dollar for $100 in management, that's 15 cents for for $100 in management, right? That's right. So for every $100, you're paying 15 cents. So that is an index passive fee. So if you invest in the S&P 500, and oh, by the way, they can be much, much lower, but you might have some emerging market index exposure, some international exposure, and they might be a little bit higher. So your overall fee might be 15 basis points or so. If you are paying more than that, then it is my opinion, and this is all I can give you, but my opinion that you should be getting ancillary guidance, actually benefiting from something other than just investment management. And here's why I say that. Because over the long term, and the long term meaning 10 plus years, you are going to be hard pressed to find an actively managed mutual fund that with fees is going to outperform the index. This is why Warren Buffett has had a bet forever that says you cannot find an active manager who's going to outperform an index. And if and if you can, then he will bet you something like $100,000. Now, again, he th I think he's specific to hedge funds. Um, but whenever he's asked about investing, he just says, look, buy the S&P 500 and forget it. And we sort of fall under the same camp. In fact, when we invest for our clients, a lot of our investments are focused in and around index funds. Now, there are some outliers, okay? And in full disclosure, within my University of Kentucky 403B plan, where I divert all of the money that they pay me, it's not a lot, for adjunct professorship, I 
uh, utilize the Contra Fund, the Fidelity Contra Fund. He, it is managed by Will Danoff. Will Danoff was an old hedge fund manager. It is a very high-momentum growth fund that has consistently, over the years, outperformed. However, I think his fee is one-point-something. It's considerably high. But I believe that over the years, and I don't have the ability. I, you might be saying, Quint, why aren't you doing that? Aren't you an investment manager? This is a. I have no ability to do anything in this 403B, so I choose to use the the Contra Fund. In our retirement plan here at Jewel Financial, um, I use a target date fund. Mm, I think I just use the S&P. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. I use an index fund. I just set it and forget it and don't worry about it. Uh, and I, I'm not going to be searching for you know somebody to you know outperform just a little bit and get that get that extra get that extra fee. What I want to make sure of is that I'm going to if I'm going to get exposure to the market, that I'm going to get exposure to the market and control fees. There's not a lot you can control in this industry. You can you can try to control your taxes. That's a biggie. You can definitely control the fees. That's huge. Uh, you can't control what the market does. But over time, a long period of time, you should be able to capitalize on the upward movement of the market, which often will correlate with the upward movement of GDP of the overall economy and the growth of companies within a portfolio. So it is our opinion that you should simply stick with an index and don't even worry about getting into this game of how should I determine whether this performance is over and above what I'm paying. Because while it has been in the rearview mirror, there's certainly no guarantee it will be looking forward. And again, there are some exceptions and I'm using one of them, but again, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous situation and I would even probably give Mr. Danoff maybe a year or two at the most and then I would say, "Okay, his performance is over and I'd go right back to the S&P." You're fired. There you go. There you go. Do we have anything else to add on that? Fees no. are huge. I mean, fees are a big, big deal. And we're in an environment where you shouldn't be paying a lot of fees. Yeah, I mean, if you're just buying the index, then you might as well get the lowest fee possible. That's right. That's... And index investing is what is going to work over time. Mm. It's why, I mean, literally, we manage almost $200 million in our firm, and we have, over the years, moved. We've evolved. I used to be a single stock investor manager. I would try to pick the stocks and build portfolios around equities, et cetera. And over time, we started moving more to sector-based uh, sector ETFs and kind of you know focus on certain industries and really refine. And then over time, we realized, and this is all data-driven. Data-driven said there's much more evidence to support long-term performance being an index-allocated, uh, diversified portfolio. So now, in order to continue to service our clients, we have to mandate that if we're going to charge a fee, that we are providing service way over and above just the management of assets. So again, if you're going to pay over and above an index-managed account fee, then you should be getting some type of service. And if you're not, especially within a company plan, I'd be hard press to do it boom kentuckin yo there you go i don't know why i needed the yo i didn't need the yo no okay what are you you grew I'm, up in new york so that's what i'm a yankee new yorker but i've been here longer than i have been a new yorker uh so i'm a new yorker a 315er that's my literally era code and area code and that's what right. they call us or a yankee um but then i came down here and i've been here since 1996 longer uh, here than anywhere else, so I'm a Kentuckian. I grew up in Illinois. You know what they're called? Illinoisian. Illini. <laughs> You're a fighting Illini. There you go. All right, super. Uh, I could be a wildcat. There you go. Dividing the state in half, huh? 
Well, yeah, that's the good state. It's the good part. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. That was good. Uh, great question. All you need to do is send us a question via your smartphone to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. If you're looking for a, day, a little daily dose of motivation, the DIY tribe, I, I try to do keep it a little bit financial, um, but I think there's so much that can pertain to life and finances that is a surrounding you know, proper goal setting and motivation and so forth. So you can check us out there on Facebook. And uh, Daniel will get back to the um, great coffee talks he's been doing on Insta. So hit us up on DIY.money. That's on Instagram, DIY.money. And Claire Extraordinaire uh, is doing the, hey, that was good. Claire Extraordinaire is doing the video production on YouTube. You can hit us up on DIY uh, Money. So when you're sitting around with the fam this holiday season and you're looking for stuff to do, why don't you hit up an episode or two? Oh, my gosh. I am dropping bars, as my boys would say. Bars. You know what that is? Boom. I'm on fire. Let's wrap this up. We do need to wrap it up. All right. You've been listening to DIY Money. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.